Welcome to Movies, a podcast about the act of cinema. The guest for this episode is Don Jolly of Dagger Magazine and Encyclopedia.Zone. Along with Hans, we discussed three different films, notable within the Japanese chronology of filmmaking. I will be releasing each segment of this episode as its own individual episode over the coming days, leading up to the episode's full release on Wednesday, which will be a day later than usual. So the first that you've already clicked on is Sword of Doom, and we'll be discussing this film before moving into House or Haozu by Nabiko Obayashi, and then concluding with the Godzilla Toho series. Hope you enjoy the episode. Be sure to check out Don Jolly's work. We have the proper links in the description of this episode on iTunes and Spotify. And uh, thank you for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy. On with the episode. Great. Okay, we are doing yet another episode of movies, and the, the special guest today is the creator of Encyclopedia.Zone, formerly of Dagger Mag, Don Jolly. How are you doing? I am uh, doing excellent. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. You were going to say something. Oh, I, I was just going to say, uh, you know, we are going to be a mag again at Encyclopedia.Zone. We do... Encyclopedia.Zone is the internet's premier home for literary shit posting. Um, we put up, you know, updates on our on our website. We got a message board for anybody that uh, wants to join in the fun, and uh, we're going to be putting out a print magazine before the end of the year. That's the that's the hope. So hopefully, Encyclopedia.Mag will be a reality uh, again. So how much did you have to do with the Dagger Mag design and everything that was going on with that? Because I was loosely following it while you were still involved with that. I did all the HTML layouts and I did all the page layouts. I didn't do any of the very spectacular art with the exception of, I, I did a comic that was in the first print issue, but uh, you know, I, I laid everything out in, in design. I mean, I don't know if that, if that's what you're asking. Yeah. Just, just the general aesthetics of it. Cause you take a look at encyclopedia.zone and it's so like early days of the internet mixed with, like a carnival, it's it's great. I I, I really love the kind of uh, texture you've developed. Yeah, so so that's actually like basically like we got a certain thing, uh, a certain style of stuff that we do on Encyclopedia Zone, and it's a little similar to the stuff that we did at Dagger. It's just that at Dagger Mag, uh, which was my my previous project, um, we kind of had this very aggressive like 1970s like Conan the Barbarian comic book presentation right mm. and so you know you publish all this stuff about how like you know society is a cesspool and and there is no actual control over a, such a large and diffuse civilization as the one that we presently exist in and you put it next to an oil painting of a cop on horseback uh thrashing protesters heads it freaks people out but you put <laughs> that same messaging next to an image of an anime girl going hey and everybody loves it so there you go. And you have a YouTube channel as well, which I adore. You had a great video recently on the, uh, what was it? The early nineties, uh, Punisher comics that were. Yeah. I, I was talking about reckless. the, yeah. uh, yeah, I, I was talking about the Punisher back to school specials. Uh, that's youtube.com slash Don Jelly. If anybody is interested. Um, and yeah, so I, I, I tend to talk about just whatever I want. Like we do a lot of, uh, political coverage like stuff about the the 2020 race but then we also highlight weird old books and and movies and and 
you know, just pulp stuff that, that comes across my desk that, that I really enjoy. And the Punisher back to school specials, like if you've never seen the Punisher go undercover as a lunch lady to shoot kids on LSD, you know, you're, you're really missing out on an important phase of your education, in my opinion. Which, uh, which C-list celebrity plays the Punisher? The oh, no, it's, celebrity, a, it's, a, it, it's a comic book. So it's a comic Punisher book. Comic. Oh, oh I, thought, I thought it was actually like a video thing. No, no, it's a, a, I'm reviewing comic books. I mean, like my YouTube channel is video in the like, you know, like technically it's video, but it's mostly just me reading uh, new writing into a microphone. So The 90s Punisher was Dolph Lundgren. Didn't you suggest him earlier for, for actors mm-hmm. to consider? Yeah, he played Dolph, uh, he played the Punisher in the 1991, yeah. which tries to like sterilize itself of any kind of comic book references or 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 aesthetic to it it you know it's just basically a generic action film starring Dolph Lundgren apparently I guess I just I'd say sorry I I get um (laughs) sorry go ahead go ahead go ahead ahead. now uh, I was gonna Jesus Christ (laughs) this is terrible I'm really sorry Uh, go ahead why don't we give this Don Jolly you 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 talk yeah no I I'm sorry I just have a Dolph Lundgren anecdote Apparently, when Dolph Lundgren was cast in The Punisher, Sylvester Stallone's, uh, you know, quizzical response was they gave him lines. Now that died. What, what, anyway, what were you going to say? You got something. You got something I'm just the thing is like I'm so ignorant with this subject. Like I don't really know much about The Punisher. So the reason why I asked uh, who plays them is because since you said um, uh, the there was like after school special. I thought it was one of those things that they did in the early nineties, uh, late eighties, where they would just take whatever character, what, like Save by the Bell, it so that it works. Like that. exactly, yeah. So I was like, "Wow, that sounds interesting." Who played him? Not because you know I, I had any fucking idea of what you guys were talking about. I guess this is why I'm sounding like this now. Now they they were actually they were comic books that were released to coincide with the start of the school year, so that if you were going back to school and you had a low level of being pissed off, you could buy a comic where the Punisher would shoot up your school. Um, and they did that for three years at the at the beginning of the 90s where the comic book industry was kind of peaking. Um, so, you know, very different industry than the one you see today. Well, on an, a completely unrelated note, we're going to be discussing Japanese cinema for this episode. But before we even get to that, I have a, I, I, you know, I've been drawing parallels in my head between Toho in the 20th century, their places, the premier distributor and, and just movie making company of uh, Japan and kind of like the, the monopoly that, that Disney has at the moment. Do you see any parallels to that? Uh, between Toho and Disney? Um, to an extent. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing is that the Japanese film industry has always been much smaller than the American one. And Toho is actually like, the thing that makes it really similar to Disney is that it's a very diffuse business. I think in the 1970s, they like, they did produce films, but like, one of their main things was uh, like they had a chain of grocery stores. They produced all kinds of weird consumer products. Uh, yeah, they that, that tends they had to television be the, homes. the yeah, yeah. That that tends to be the case with um, Japan and just Asian countries in general. You'll see a lot of these these companies not like create little subsidiaries where maybe they own uh, a smaller business that's specifically niche toward uh, I don't know like uh, uh, bleach or whatever. Um, you'll you'll see like in Japan or or uh, Korea that the the most popular like beer company will also be the most popular popcorn company or or tire company or whatever it might be. So that 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 mm-hmm. makes sense to me. 
Uh, sorry to interrupt you. Though. Oh, that's that's really all I got to say. I mean, Toho is like I said, you know, when you said like we want to talk about Toho Studios, it's like that's a huge topic. Like this is a, a very storied uh, movie studio. They have like a tremendous amount of output. They put out a lot of Kurosawa pictures. Uh, mm-hmm. They put out all the Godzilla movies. They distributed the Hamtaro theatrical shorts. I mean, there's there's yeah. just a lot of territory, you know, with Toho. How well versed would you say that you are on Japanese cinema as a whole? Uh, I, as a whole, I'm not going to claim any special proficiency, but uh, like, so I, I was born in Texas, right? And since I was a little kid, like I've been fascinated with Godzilla movies uh, because they're just this like weird artifact that's like really incongruous with the rest of American culture, uh, especially if you're into like monster movies and, and, you know, science fiction pictures and stuff like that. Like the Japanese ones, specifically the Toho science fiction pictures that the Godzilla movies are an example of. I mean, I'm, I'm saying sci-fi, but that's not even a very clear descriptor, but like the Toho fantasy films that were made, especially in the fifties and sixties by that team of Ishiro Honda, uh, the composer Akira Fukube, uh, and they had a little stable of actors that they worked with and special effects by A.G. Tsuburaya, who's the creator of uh, Ultraman and also the guy who did the, the special effects for all the Godzilla films and Matongo and those sorts of things. Like, I, I think they're a pretty unique uh, thing in the history of world cinema. And like, I've, I've just been obsessed with them since I was a kid. So most of my knowledge kind of gets filled in around the Godzilla pictures. But then there's like, you know, everybody's got those those Toho movies, I think, that, you know, you don't think of them specifically as Toho movies, but that, like, you really enjoy. I, I think a lot of people of the West, like, have a thing for Kwaidon or uh, Yojimbo or Sanjuro or, uh, you know, my favorite uh, samurai movie, personally, is uh, uh, Sword of Doom, which I'm probably mm-hmm. going to mispronounce his name, but directed by uh, Kihachi Okamoto uh, and starring Tatsuya Nakadai, who is the King, Lee, King Lear character in Ron. Um so, you know, there's, there's, I, I watch a lot of Japanese movies, but I would not claim to have any special, you know, knowledge about it compared to, you know, somebody that actually knows what they're talking about. I just like the flicks. Sure. Uh, I, I think I really only got introduced to uh, Japanese filmmaking as a whole somewhat recently. Like I was vaguely familiar with the work of Ozu and I had seen plenty of like Godzilla films. Yeah. So that would, I, I, that was a similar entry point, but uh, it sounds like that, that's much more of an area of specialty and interest for you than maybe it, it probably is for me. And I've really just been catching up over the past couple of years, more so with the, I guess, more modern films. Like, uh, I, I'm I'm really big right now on checking out uh, Takashi Kitano's mm, early 90s, yeah, late Takashi. 80s. Yeah, he's he's amazing. I, I, I love how he just built a career out of playing the same character every time. Just a cop or a gangster that beats people up, shoots people, looks cool, makes jokes. It's the same movie every single time, but I love it every single time as well. Have you um, seen Kikujiro where he has the kid? No, I haven't. That was uh, that was actually going to be next up in the order oh. for me. Oh, right on. Well, I, I look forward to hearing what you have to say about it. I, I like Kikujiro quite a bit. I would like to do a retrospective at some point on, on his filmography uh, just because – He's such an interesting character in general mm-hmm. uh, and the trajectory of his career from comedian, entertainer, performer into essentially being like a Robert De Niro tough guy in the movie business. It's just very interesting to me. 
Hans, what about you? Are you, would you say you're particularly well informed about anything regarding Japanese films? Uh, the only Japanese films that I'm kind of familiar with are the, um, you know, the and I might be mispronouncing this Noboro Iguchi. You got that those those gross out uh, zombie movies. He did Machine Girl. He mm. did uh, he did Zombie Sushi. I think it was called. I've see. seen gifts uh, from that movie that look so it's just. Over the yeah, top. it's just gross out, just gore, just loud, violent uh, nonsense, and I I enjoy what I've seen from him, which has seen has been that. Uh, then he did. Uh, I don't know if you remember in the ABCs of Death, he had a short where uh, this Japanese uh, girl and her farts and people going into her farts, and then it ends with someone going into her colon and they die. That's the director. <laughs> That's the director I'm talking about. That's fucking awesome. I gotta, I gotta see these fucking movies, man. Yeah. Oh, it's called Zombie Ass. Uh, the trailer <laughs> of the day. Oh, oh. Zombie uh, Ass. And, and then there's uh, Mutant Girl Squad, uh, Robo Geisha, and uh, Machine Girl. I would uh, recommend any of those uh, to anyone that just likes, you know, ridiculous, violent, and just visually striking. Uh, movies. We're going to be talking a little bit about the movie that you cited as your favorite, I believe you said, uh, Sword of Doom. を取って戦う時は親も子も兄弟もない。早速に果た市場の早火客をやれ。芝居いくらの机の長屋やな。して勝負の記事は。明十六日場所は芝道場寺大門右手の松林。時は<笑> 人通りを避けて夜明けの大野国。Sort of Doom uh is my favorite samurai picture. That's that's correct. It is certainly visually striking. I I I really enjoy the cinematography of this film. But Hans, I remember we were, I mean, you were watching the movie and you had some some gripes. You had some complaints that it was just people staring at the camera and making noises. What, what do you what, I think I just I think I just have an issue with the way that uh, filmmaking was back in those days, because I feel or, and it, it's probably because I'm just used to being saturated with multiple things on my screen where it's very difficult for me to just sit and focus on what it is just two people having a conversation the camera just cuts back and forth i mean there was a lot of really nice cinematography in this but the dialogue bits just kind of felt like they stretched out a lot for me and i feel that it's probably because of you know the way that filmmaking was done back in the day where it was a little bit more relaxed and it didn't have to be as loud or as busy so i did have an issue getting through those scenes just because my attention span is not you know anywhere uh, close enough to be, to be able to just sit down for two hours and, and, and pay attention 100% to that. But I, I did like the fact that they went with a story where our quote-unquote hero is just 
violent maniac that mm-hmm. just ends up going crazy and killing and not really having much of a of a moral compass and not really showing much emotion besides just being serious and and kind of crazy uh and the fact that they went uh with a concept like this at, at such an early time of cinema i, I really liked see yeah they, the, they didn't have to you know close it with a bow sword of doom is actually a partial adaptation of you you want to talk about like being bored for two hours the novel that this is based on is three thousand pages long um and it's only been it's only been partially translated into english i I had to go you could get the pdf online now somebody up in the pacific northwest uploaded it some college professor but i had to go when i when i first saw this movie i was obsessed with it and i had to go to the special collections department of the asian studies you know, wing of Columbia University. And I had to go in because I wasn't a student there like every day for a week to read whatever portion of this had been translated into English. The book is called Daibusotsu Toge or the Great Bodhisattva Pass, the Great Buddha Pass. And it's essentially like the the writer considered himself a uh, like sort of a follow-up to Dostoevsky. And that's the thing that I find so interesting about Sword of Doom and that that really compels me about the story. It's actually been adapted into a couple of other series of films. There was one in the 50s. There was one in the early 60s. Um, It's essentially like a crime and punishment style novel of moral investigation, but it's about samurais who externalize their morality through their sword fighting. So the sword fighting is a visualization of the the internal morality of the characters, which you see in Sword of Doom, where you have Shimada, the the character uh, played by Toshiro Mifune, talking about how a man's soul is his sword, and if you have an evil sword, evil soul, you have an evil sword. And you know this the sword fighting sequences in Sword of Doom are much more interesting to me than in your standard you know samurai film, uh, even like really good samurai films like you know, Jimbo Sanjuro stuff like that, uh, Seven Samurai, uh, because in Sword of Doom there's a lot of focus on once again, not just the the like the sword forms that they use. I mean, the big thing about the main character of Sword of Doom, Rino Suke, I'm, I'm probably mispronouncing that, but uh, I just call the main guy Sword of Doom, uh, the guy played by Tatsuya Nakadai. <laughs> but uh, the big thing about him is that he has this sword form where he just drops his blade and leaves himself completely open and his face goes blank so that you can't predict what he's going to do. And then if you make any kind of move, he instantly kills you. But it's impossible to deal with his sword form because he's basically breaking all the rules of honorable engagement. Right. And that's kind of the, the you know, that's his moral status in the in the film as well, uh, in the story, I mean. Have you seen any of the adaptations uh, of that book? Because I know you had mentioned that they've done like trilogies of, uh, uh, of that uh, source material adapted to film. There, this was supposed to be a trilogy as well, but mm-hmm. uh, the second one, never got off the ground for whatever reason. I, w- I was watching some like featurette on YouTube where uh, whoever was set to helm that one said, oh, no, 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 based off of the ending, this, the second would be too violent. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I, you know, just a little fun tidbit about this movie is that they use real swords, actually sharp, dangerous swords for, I, I think, most, if not all of the scenes in this movie. Whoa, I did not know that. That's fucking yeah. crazy. And they would they would um, chastise and or, or and, and and go after anybody who, who like at the stuntmen or the actors they were usually one and the same during that time who refused to partake in a scene because it might be too dangerous. Damn, 
Yeah, it's it's I mean, visually, it's an incredibly striking movie. And the thing that that really gets me about it is it's got like I, I haven't seen the other trilogies. Um, I know I could probably download them online. I guess I'd, I'd like to try and get a, a Blu-ray or something of them, but they're not officially released in the West. Um, I think Satan's Sword is the color trilogy. Um, but to me, like that cast in Sword of Doom, like I, I feel like no matter who they get to play the main character, it's going to be a downgrade from Tatsuya Nakadai. And having Shimada be Toshiro Mifune, I mean, it's just the best friggin' casting. And it's it's such a shame to me that they never made the sequel so that you can actually see the confrontation between uh, Nakadai and Mifune. Because um, I think that that would have been a, a really amazing thing. So, yeah, I, I haven't seen them, sadly. But I have read, you know, whatever portion of the book was translated into English as of 1940. You know, I just want to go back to... Hans, you had said that this was a difficult viewing maybe because it was too similar to other films of the time where it had a, a slower pace or, or what have you. But I found this movie to be, at least visually, much more, I don't want to say creative for the time. I would say it's a little more visually striking than your average 1960s film and how this particular type of Japanese film would probably be handled. Uh, in terms of the cinematography, the extreme close-ups and that the, the dragging, the lingering between lines of dialogue, which uh, you know Refn has probably taken from that with with each of his <laughs> films. Or if you watch this and you watch something like I don't know a very different film, something like Good Morning, um, I, I don't really know if there's much of comparison. It, it's definite. It's like infinitely more cinematic. I, I, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. But I understand why maybe you would have a hard time sticking with it right off the bat. I had to watch it like one and a half times in order to absorb everything I could from the movie, just because I have so many plates spinning over here. But I'm glad that I got through it. I found it very, just just a great movie, and especially like a great third act as well, with that mm-hmm. final confrontation yeah. where we're talking about, uh, you know, he's imagining the fights, and then all of a sudden you have these soldiers, the, the, the samurai come in and, it's just a completely violent battle. And for it to end where it ends, for some reason, it's just so satisfying where it's not a complete confrontation. I don't know why that is, but goes, I, it's very different. He, he goes full John Wick in the last 10 minutes and he just keeps going on and on and on. And, and it's so messy. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's it, you know, it's a, it feels more realistic, I guess, less choreographed than uh, many other battles you might see on film and that's terrifying now that you said that about the the sword because this guy's just come out of nowhere i can't imagine that there had been much blocking uh, for that scene or maybe they they probably did a lot just for that same reason that the they had real swords but uh they just come out of nowhere in that last scene right right before the movie ends uh so it's it's crazy to me even thinking about how to shoot that scene and knowing that there's just going to be samurais coming out of nowhere and using real weapons yeah i mean i think it was probably pretty intensely choreographed like i I think that the the fights in this movie are like you know to my mind they're they're really excellently paced like they have a a really good sense of movement to them and i think the thing about the photography the, the cinematography that really works for me about it is it's got those heavy noir blacks, you know, it's, it's a very well realized aesthetic that kind of carries through the, through the whole film, you know? And, uh, 
you know, I personally, I love the dialogue scenes even more than the sword fights, especially when uh, Tatsuya Nakadai's wife is uh, confronting him. And he says that he's going to kill the brother of the student that he killed at the beginning of the film. And she says, yes, you're good at that. Kill everyone. Kill everyone in the world, which is, you know, that's what you want to hear uh, from your wife. You want to be you want to be in a supportive environment, supporting supportive, giving marriage. I mean, basically what I'm saying is I appreciate Sword of Doom because I find the main character to be an excellent role model who is, uh, you know, a, a good servant to uh, his family uh, and who, you know, he doesn't actually prevent his wife from chopping his baby's head off, but he, he definitely uh, storms out of the house to go get drunk when it when it occurs. So, you know, he's a good guy. I look up to him. Really? He's like a, he's, he's like a real John Wayne figure, you know, yeah. for the for the Japanese. Are you familiar with the director's other films at all? And that might be um, a loaded question because I, mean, I feel by, like every by, Japanese filmmaker has maybe a hundred movies under their belt. Yeah, by by reputation, but sadly, I you know I I don't watch a ton of movies uh, in general, uh, and I, I haven't uh, seen any of uh, Okamoto's uh, other films yet. But they are on my list. So Hans, do you have any yeah. other thoughts about this? Yeah, movie? let's talk about House. The fuck? <laughs> uh, that movie, I actually, you know, that movie I've actually seen multiple times, so I know what I'm talking about. In this one, I'm just sitting here like, yeah, the samurais were cool. 